1: That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space.
0: At homethreads.com,
2: Like, I give each kid a big cookie sheet to work on with their little bowls of decoration so it kind of stays contained when they're spilling stuff, if they're setting their piping bag down or whatever. It all is contained on the one baking sheet.
0: Hey, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy, And this is Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding families because, man, kids need to eat a lot.
1: And so frequently, too. <laughs> Stacey, how is your week this week? My week is good. (laughs) It's November. I know. How'd that happen? I have no idea. I feel like we live in a time warp now. We do.
0: And it's like the beginning of my crazy season. It's like from October to January is like a blur for me because October 14th is Oliver's birthday and January 5th is Isaac's birthday. And then everybody oh. knows what's in between. Have we never talked about,
1: how have we, we never talked about this before? Because we have this like a similar thing where we have birthday season that starts in September with my husband's birthday and then my birthday. Emmett just my son just turned four. Um and then my daughter's birthday is in January also right after the holidays. So oh, it's like when's her holiday birthday? Season, January 8th. I didn't realize Isaac yeah. and Ella's birthdays Little are so Capricorns. Close. I did yeah. not realize that. See, I and mean, that's what I'm saying. I can't believe we haven't talked about I that know. before. We have
0: our hands full. Capricorns are kind of
1: intense. Ah, uh, kind of is an understatement.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Capricorns out there. They're also really smart. Yes, and like really interesting. But wow. They're wow. very they're
1: emotional. They're a very emotional sign.
0: Yeah, they're and emotional. And they're often
1: creatives and artists. And yeah, they're cool. They're I have stubborn. a lot of um, actually like Capricorn friends. People really important in my life who are Capricorn.
0: That's so interesting. Isaac's the only Capricorn in my life.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. We might have to do like a whole episode on the signs and like what are the signs eat. I'm like, really. I am very into astrology. So I know I. that it's like not very fact based, and <laughs> I do not care.
2: I, I do too.
1: <laughs> Will you
0: remind me? Because when we first started working together, but of course, after we already agreed to work together, which probably wasn't very I smart, s- we. <laughs> we like figured out if we were compatible or not. Yes, and there's I an f-
1: app for that. It's yeah. called, is it Cosign or yes. CoStar? Yes. Look. Co star. Yes. And you can like add your friends. Yes. At, at, you add your birthday and birth time <laughs> and where you were born. And it like you can add your friends and then it'll give you a report. And it's like, you guys should not hang yes. out together. And that's the report that we got. <laughs>
0: It said, like- no, it said, like, something good, and it said something not so great, and then we were like, we're just going to ignore this. So, I haven't gotten back. What's your yeah. sign
1: again? I am a Scorpio.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. right. And I'm a Leo, and there's some really good things about that, and some, like, things that were like, mm. Yeah. And so, we just never went back.
1: Yeah. We should revisit it. And do- there's, like, a whole... A brand online where it's like what to eat for your sign this month. I like, or like it. How, We do this a lot on Kitchen and also Apartment Therapy. Our sister site does a lot where it's like the best house plants for your sign, I the best cheap and supper for your sign. It's so fun. To hey make. guys, <laughs> chime in on our Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash. Yes.
0: Didn't Ooh. I just feed you? We should
1: put this in the didn't I just feed you group. We should find out everyone's signs. I yeah. want to connect with everyone on. Okay. okay, I'm totally down with this. Okay, we have a lot to cover in this yes. really fun episode. <laughs> we have an amazing <laughs> guest, Jody Levine of Super Make It, and she's also an author of Candy Isle Crafts. Before we get into our awesome interview with Jody Levine, a quick break to hear from our sponsors.
0: Hey Megan, I'm going to share with you a universal truth of life: even grown-ups who don't like to cook love to eat.
1: Ah, you're very clever, Stacy. but I have an even deeper truth that many seek to know. Even kids who don't like to eat everything, love to cook everything.
0: How are you so wise, Megan?
1: <laughs> it's easy because I know that when kids cook, they learn in a real life way that's fun and engaging. That's why we love our sponsor, Radish, so much. It's a cooking kit for kids 2 to 14 years old that delivers illustrated recipe guides, activities, a kitchen tool, conversation cards and more every month to get kids and their families in the kitchen together. And we know that it works for such a big range of kids because we've given it to all four of our very own kids from
0: four to nearly 12 years old.
1: And they've had so much fun that Radish is on the top of our holiday gift list for everyone with kids and we think it should be on the top of yours too.
0: To learn more about how radish subscriptions work, what's included, and pricing options, go to radishkids.com. www.radishkids.com.
1: Today's guest is Jodi Levine of the website supermakeit.com and author of Candy Isle Crafts. Jodi is a craft editor who's worked for Martha Stewart, among others. And she has two sons that she's raising with her husband in Brooklyn. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, Jodi. Jodi, welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You.
2: Thank you. So happy to be here. So,
1: so happy to have you. For our listeners who may not be familiar with you and Super Make It and your couple of books, tell us a little bit about yourself and also be sure to tell us your children's ages.
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, So I started out, well, I went to art school. I studied painting. And following that, I worked at Martha Stewart Living Magazine um, as a craft editor and the editorial director of the Kids Magazine and also helped develop their craft line, their products. And um, I worked there for about 19 years. So my entire adult life. Yeah, it's amazing. It was a really great experience. And then um, towards the end of that time, I d- developed a couple of craft books. The first one is called Candy Isle Craft. And the next one's called Paper Goods Projects. And both of them are crafts, kind of crafty edible crafts, the first one, and pa- more paper crafts. But all of them under the umbrella of Super Make It, which is kind of a play on supermarket, because I, of my love for like us- utilizing kind of everyday supermarket materials, even hardware store materials, just stuff that you probably already have in your kitchen. I just love the challenge of, of just making beautiful things out of what you can find so easily, like really recognizable things like gumdrops and marshmallows and toilet paper tubes and that sort of thing. That's my passion. Um, it's already hard enough to like find time to make special food or do, you know, crafts we have so many materials in our recycle bin and in our pantry. So I kind of love to celebrate that.
1: here. Here, Especially I think our listeners are like, I'm too busy to make a, an extra trip to the craft store. Yeah. And I will just say, Candy Owl Crafts is like a huge inspiration to me. And I really enjoy Aww. that idea that like, you don't have to start from scratch making cookies to right. do something that's like fun and memorable with your kids. Exactly. And you have two boys. Oh, yeah. And they are like a little bit older now. Did they... Yes. Have they like been a participant in this crafting journey, and do they like to do crafts with you or yeah. or help you in the kitchen?
2: They do. Um, it's been really fun. I mean, when they were little, it's probably like a like a similar curve that a lot of parents have felt. With when they were little, there was a lot of cookie decorating and cupcake decorating, and now that they are have expanded their horizons and like more foods, it's really fun because they like we had a sushi night and we made sushi and, um, there's a farmer's market that we go to and they always get rice balls, you know, those Sicilian Mm -hmm. rice balls that are breaded and fried and filled. Um, they love those. So we decided to make them one night and it was a huge mess and so much fun. And, um, we made a few different kinds so you could make elaborate stuff. And I have found it has kind of transitioned from kind of sweet to more, you know, savory stuff, which has been a fun transition.
0: And does that transition also now that they're older from crafty
2: projects,
0: you know, regardless of the fact that you're using edible materials, is it more from crafts to
2: cooking? Yeah, I guess it, you know, yeah, it kind of has. And that just might be because they're not like their interests aren't, they're not, um, you know, that interested in doing craft projects. Because I know other kids, other friends, children who are old, like older, like tween and teenage do like that kind of stuff. They love like, I mean, I don't, so I don't think this applies to all, you know, by any stretch by all, to all older kids. Cause they're, they do love watching, you know, like the great British bake-off yeah, and all yeah, those yeah. shows. So <laughs> some kids really love that challenge and kind of crafty food. So they have some friends who, who come over and, and love to like, you know, talk to me about cake decorating and stuff like that and um and my son we just watched it's called chef's table that netflix series yes, yes. Totally. so ex- they love that and they love the christina Tosi episode from milk bar yep. mm-hmm. if that and, episode doesn't make
1: you want to bake cookies i don't know you yes, might eat it inside
2: exactly yeah <laughs> exactly so so we're about to try um crack pie yeah um, that's our next project but they're so excited for that so yeah, but I—I um, I mean, it depends. My my older son loved science, so like, if I can t- kind of gear it towards their interests, then we can get a little craftier, like we were doing, you know, those, that classic marshmallow molecule with the main yeah, marshmallows and yeah, yes. So if we, you know, just sort of like have to direct it to their interests, or like uh, we every May Fourth, for May the Fourth, be with you, yeah, um, for <laughs> yes. Star Wars Day, they love Star Wars. So we, we do something, we have the Star Wars cookbook and we'll make Yoda soda or something from that cookbook together, you know? So you just have to kind of gear it towards their interests. I, I
0: love that though. I, you know, because, you know, while it doesn't necessarily have to lead to more cooking, this idea that just being in the kitchen, crafting, doing projects Mm -hmm. can potentially lead to an interest in expanding your palate can potentially lead to an interest in cooking. Yes. If that's something that your kid may have a latent interest in or you know yeah. if it kind of exists inside them. Yep. And if not, maybe not. It will lead to some other interest, yep. yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it just kind of opens up some possibilities.
2: Absolutely. And I I I even think just for them to see you doing stuff in the kitchen that might be considered a little bit more elaborate is kind of like eye opening. I mean, my mom had a few things that she baked, but, um, she, you know, she did make cookies and certain things, but I felt like she never made homemade. For one example, she never made homemade cakes. And if we really, you know, we would always buy cake. And when I got older, I would not older, but teen years, I would buy baking mixes and make cakes. But I felt like, you know, making a cake now that is for an expert. But I like <laughs> the idea that my kids don't think that anything is just for an expert. Yeah. Because I like, I went to art school. I mean, all my years at Martha were mainly as just a craft person, not a food person at all. So I had that idea for a long time. But now I see like they see I have some professional supplies in my kitchen and they're not scared to jump in and make a confectioner's sugar glaze or something like we love to make baked donuts and I love the idea that like you know any they know anybody could work with fondant or because I mean particularly for my freelance jobs now I do get hired for doing some crafty food for brands and you know that kind of instructional yeah. videos and that kind of thing and they see all these professional professional tools or things that you know, the normal baker might not have in their house, and they don't—they don't think anything of it. They're not intimidated by like an offset spatula, that kind of thing. Oh, although I,
0: I do take issue with the fact that anyone can work with fondant, <laughs> having recently <laughs> right. worked with it for the first time. Right, I, right, yay. <laughs> It did not come naturally.
2: Well, it's. I don't even think you need to work with fondant. That was probably a poor example because we don't really need that in our arsenal to make beautiful food necessarily. But if you have to make something look like something, it is, you know, it is a possibility. Right.
1: And if you have kids who are interested in like my daughter who's six, she loves watching Nailed It. Mm -hmm. And she loves like baking videos on YouTube. And so- a lot of times she is wanting to try things that she's seeing at home. Mm -hmm. Fortunately for her, I have a baking and pastry degree, but it's interesting that like um, you were saying your mom baked some cakes, but you felt like your entry was baking mixes because my mom like never made anything from scratch. Right. right. Everything. We ate a lot of like hamburger helper and things from boxes, but for our birthdays, She would buy the cake mix, and she would make us, like, any kind of cake we wanted out of, like, the supermarket stuff, right? Like, I wanted a very – this is my, like – This is silly, like a hamburger cake, the cake where it's like stacked and it looks like a hamburger (laughs) for my 10th birthday.
2: Why wouldn't you? Right?
1: (laughs) And she, like at the grocery store, it was probably outside of her budget to buy it from the bakery. Mm -hmm. And I would just like look at it and love it. And so she found a way to like make it at home with like her Duncan Hines cake mix and the tubs of frosting.
2: Which is the best lesson to teach your kids. Like we can figure this out. We can do it ourselves with what we can get our hands on. I love that.
1: Yes. And it just kind of like circles back to what Stacy and I always talk about, about how like in the end, some of what we're teaching our kids in the kitchen or so much of what we're teaching our kids in the kitchen is like not about the food. Right. And so it's like about accepting challenges and trying things that are outside of our comfort level and not being intimidated by something that seems expert level, but we want to try and that it doesn't have to be perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally. I love that. S- and I- I actually just pulled it down recently, but Megan saw this on my Instagram stories on at Stacey Billis this past summer. I can't even remember. It's all a blur now. (laughs) But um (laughs) my family and I did our own version of Nailed It. It was a long holiday weekend. I guess it was at the end of last school year. And we just needed something to do to keep ourselves busy. And I took them all to the baking supply store. We bought a bunch of stuff. This was the time I used fondant for the first time. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I got my husband involved and he was really like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. I've never baked a cake Mm -hmm. in my life. And everybody assumed that I was going to win the competition. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you guys, I'm I'm a cook. Like I'm not a baker. Right. And... I, I wouldn't say that I failed miserably, mm-hmm. but I certainly <laughs> – close to it. Yeah, like I certainly <laughs> did not do better than the kids. Right. And it was really cool yeah. for them to watch me have kind of a hard time.
2: I bet. I bet it was confidence building for them. Yeah, you know? and
0: like we all were kind of – we all kind of laughed and cried. I mean, it was a full – day in the kitchen on our feet, like figuring out how to use fondant. Everybody had to pick their own recipe. Like we were all sharing materials. So At one point Isaac's cake collapsed and he almost started to cry (laughs) because he was like, I'm going to lose. Like, and then we had these joyful moments where like the fondant, Oliver's fondant marbled exactly as he wanted. And he was so like, you know, he was rejoicing. And it was like, you know, resilience and competition and figuring things out and ingenuity and like all these things that was really cool. So great. Yeah, it was it was a really great experience. Even even my husband was like, I will (laughs) never do that again. (laughs) But that was awesome. Like, thank you for making us do that.
2: Oh, did you film it? We
0: I I captured it on Instagram And then we did a, like, we had friends over, Mm -hmm. and we had them kind of vote, although, Mm -hmm. like, by the end, the boys were so tired, and when Mm -hmm. they're tired, they get really competitive with Uh each other, and then Uh things can go badly. So we kind of made sure that they both won. (laughs) But we had people on Instagram also vote. Didn't you do a live?
1: Yeah, we did a live. You had your friends over, yeah.
0: And in all honesty, though, like, the boys won... And I think Mike, like I got the fewest votes.
2: Oh my god! <laughs>
0: like for sure, mine was the
2: ugliest. You know, you may have been caught up in like other details. I, you know,
0: I did. I had as a, a mine was definitely
2: too ambitious.
0: And mm. okay, I am going to say this one thing for the record: mm-hmm. at the end, Mike got help. Our friends bought their eleven-year-old daughter over, mm-hmm. who's very creative, and stepped in to help Mike. Uh, huh. and, and I will say that if it wasn't for her, the boys would have won fair and square. But anyway. The little boys,
2: <laughs> right? That's
0: the only reason why Michael came out ahead of me. But anyway, I'm not right. sour. You're about not it. a sore loser. <laughs> anyway, back to Jody. I want to bring it back
1: to this idea, like that, like the nailed it challenge is like very ambitious. Um, but Jody wrote okay. the whole like. Candy Isle craft book. And there's a whole section on super make it with easy edible crafts. Mm -hmm. So here's like a very specific question. What is your favorite entry level edible project Mm. for people who are totally intimidated by cooking and crafting with their kids? Entry level.
0: Entry
2: level. Well, I guess it would depend on what they want at the time. Do you want something that's like Fun and pretty. In which case, I, there's a chapter in my book, and then uh, on the website supermica.com there's a, of just using hard candy like okay. Jolly Ranchers or Life Sa- Jolly Ranchers. Honestly, I know I'm not supposed to get too brand specific, but like they really melt beautifully like there's just no it's the it's the best candy for doing homemade lollipops like easy homemade lollipops Ooh. so you don't you are this is not the kind of homemade lollipops where you need a candy thermometer or anything like that and you know you could find it online i'm not the only person who does this but making lollipops if you want just something very fun and kind of more on the crafty side or do you want something really yummy I, i'm a chocolate person So I love s'mores and I love cutting up marshmallows and making shapes out of them. And I have something in the book and on the website, making monster s'mores on graham crackers and you can make them in your broiler. cutest. Oh, thank you. Well, you can make those in the broiler so you don't need a campfire. So you just lay down your graham crackers and sometimes we use chocolate graham crackers um, and then put your chocolate down and then snip up your marshmallows and use them for eyes and... I use chocolate chips for the people of the eye. I just take a toothpick and poke it into marshmallows. I could get more specific with it, but that or like Rice Krispie treats, if, if you're talking like yes. a, one yummy projects. Those are easy and they're so, once they cool, they're really moldable.
1: And you can like do so many things with just a few other ingredients too to make them like either super festive for a holiday or a party.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you could even flavor them with like peanut butter. There's tons of recipes online for that or chocolate. Um, But yeah, it's like if you want to get crafty, you could even mold them in, I've seen people mold them in like plastic Easter eggs or we molded them in mini milk cartons. So they look like little houses and then you can decorate the outside of the house. So and then uh, along the lines of depending what you want with your crafty food prog- project, if you want it to be holiday themed, I like there's there's nothing better than a gingerbread house. This, that's just a really fun project with kids and an easy entry project rather than baking it or even buying the kits. You could th- those are still pretty ambitious. Gluing those together is you can make graham cracker cookie cottages. And I, I usually make the bases of them myself. And the instructions are on my website or, uh, you know, anywhere online, you can find graham cracker cookie cottages and you leave off the roof and then have the kids decorate it and then glue the roof on. And that's just a really fun and easy kind of somewhat entry-level edible craft project.
1: That one tip of, like, leaving the roof off and letting the kids decorate might change my holiday season (laughs) because we do buy the the kits. We do buy the kits. And there's one, I can't remember if it's Wilton or Trader Mm -hmm. Joe's, Mm -hmm. where it's, like, a little set of cottages. And I just do that because it's fun to make the gingerbread houses with my kids, but there's no expectation that we're going to eat them and, like, let's get straight to the decorating, which they want to do. But I always put the roofs on for them.
2: Oh, yeah. And not
1: thinking about... how like better? How much better access they'll have to decorating the sides yeah. and to decorating the roof with those parts separate. So I love. I mean, for me, that's like a brilliant takeaway. Oh,
2: good. It's because it, tiling them is just one of the funnest parts of crafting it. But it's better. Yeah, because I, I I've done the same thing where I've constructed it and then the kids glue on the root, quote unquote roof tiles and then they just slide off. You know, right. so it's, and yeah, they're it's better they're so to do it. mad about it. I yes. know, and they get so frustrated. Because yeah. they want it to look like the box, Right? You know, which is yes. tricky. Yeah. I, I love that we could nerd out about this one tiny detail about <laughs> yeah. gingerbread houses. Yes, it is.
1: I want to ask, as, like, a self-proclaimed kind of crafty cooking mom, mm-hmm. I want to talk about, like, some of the stigma of that. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, a, you have, a, like, a pretty active Instagram community. Mm-hmm. Do people ever, like, call you out for, like creating pressure for them to like be crafty with their kids, whether it's just regular crafts or cooking crafts. Yeah. And do you ever have like real mom moments where you just like bring the store bought donuts? To- yeah.
2: Oh God. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, um, in terms of getting, you know, feedback about being a crafty mom or pressure, I hope not, but I'm, you know, I'm sure there's some people that might think that, you know, that there's pressure from it, but my firstly, you know, my whole thing about using supermarket ingredients, I hope makes everything a little bit more doable. Not that I haven't tried the more ambitious things, but my favorite projects are those with like, I mean, I love that. I like talking about marshmallows again. I, I, when I was working on the book and my book partner and I decided, to do a chapter about, you know, to kind of break it down into materials, the book. So there was a chapter about marshmallows and that's the first one that I worked on. And I said, I could work on marshmallows for the rest of my life. Just the way you can (laughs) cut them up, you know, they're sticky inside. So if you use a toothpick to poke holes in them and cut them up, like you could make stuff. I, I felt like I could come up with stuff Forever using marshmallows, the way you, you stick them back together, cut them up, and glue and them now to other there's things, and
1: different colors and different flavors, yes, and different, different shapes. sizes, exactly. Yes.
2: So, um, anyway, that being said, like I feel like I hope you know that people know you. You don't need elaborate materials or skills or anything like that. And the fact that, like, I think mostly my kind of novel decorative food is for like a special occasion, you know, like birthdays and holidays. I mean, I'm not the person who does like those bento boxes for their kids lunch boxes where like the, where it looks, you know, the food looks like things in the lunch box every day. Like my hat goes off to those people, but my lunch I just barely do like PB&J and whatever I get into the lunch box. My my kids lunch boxes don't look that beautiful, but you know, for a special occasion I do think most people would be willing to roll up their sleeves and make something crafty. You know, it's like sometimes food, like Cookie Monster said, there's sometimes food. (laughs) And that's what, you know, when my food gets crafty and kind of a time consuming project, it's usually because it's a holiday or a birthday. I mean, every now and then they're like kind of family made up holidays. And I think in a way that's more memorable, like we'll just like what you did on your vacation, like doing Nailed It is like, you know, that might become a fun family tradition. And I think those are more memorable in a way because it's like just your family's special. I mean, that's the best thing is creating memories and creating new traditions. And I, you know, that that your kids will remember forever because it's like so specific to your family, which is so beautiful.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's such a good reminder to like do things outside of the holidays. I have yeah. a friend, actually, she's the creative director at Shop Sweet Lulu. You might be oh, familiar love, with yes, her. I know that. that. I love that store. <laughs> she does not do like, holiday cards and holiday cookies. She's like, it's too much pressure around Christmas mm-hmm. to, like, do these things. But for Valentine's Day, that's when they have, like, a cookie decorating party with mm-hmm. their friends and their kids' friends, and they send out Valentine's in lieu of holiday cards. That's so it's what like, we
2: did for many years. The yeah, same thing. Yeah,
1: it's, it's a good reminder that, like, some, yes, sometimes foods, but also, like, make up your own sometimes. If yeah, you, exactly. If the holidays are too crazy for you to do cookies, like, do cookies in January.
2: Yep hmm Absolutely. I, I, sell, I love the idea of like some, your own invented holidays. Like my sister-in-law, we share like a summer house. It's a family house that we all share. And we, you, my sister-in-law and I always email back and forth what, who's bringing what for what dinner. And she said, how about on Saturday night we have a tiny dinner? And I said, a tiny dinner? Um, okay, there's nine of us, but um, okay. And she <laughs> There's said, nothing no, no, no. tiny about that. Mini food. Well, let's do mini food for dinner. Oh. And I thought, oh my God, yes, 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 sign me up, of course. So we had the best time, and the kids thought it was hilarious. We made mini hamburgers and got, you know, they have like the tiny hamburger buns at Trader Joe's. Yes. And we got mini hot dogs, and um, we, you, you can buy those teeny tiny potatoes also at Trader Joe's. And we made mini, mini baked potatoes and cut them open and like put a tiny pat of butter and, um, sliced up mini, like mini cherry tomatoes. And you know, the inside of the head of romaine lettuce, yes the heart is so little jewels. Yes. It's so teeny teeny. So I made a little like fixin's bar platter of mini stuff. And instead of sliced red onion, I took a, a, um, shallot. Thank you. Yes. A shallot. And it looked exactly like mini red onion slices and then little gherkin spears and little gherkin slices. And we sawed down ice cream cones and made mini ice cream cones. And we used a melon baller to make little scoops. And it was ridiculous. You know, everybody needed like four hamburgers to be full, <laughs> but it was so just fun and, and yeah. memorable. I love that.
0: That's yeah. such a fun idea. And if anyone really needs fun. inspiration, there's actually a cookbook that I have that I love. From Carrie oh, yeah. Lynn Fisher and Jenny Park, yes. who Ooh. the women behind Spoon Fork Bacon. Uh-huh. Called Tiny Food Party, oh Bite-sized Recipes for Miniature Meals. Amazing. Right. Spoon Fork Bacon is their blog, yes. right? Yes. yes. It's a great, super fun book. So okay. we'll link to that in the Excellent. notes too. Great. Because you, Jody, obviously have ideas right off the top of your head, but other people might need some inspiration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a really Definitely. Good
2: one. I'm sure there's a lot of cute, like mini desserts. Oh my God. It's the cutest. Yeah. They have like,
0: uh, you know, mini taquitos oh and mini, gosh. like Pop Tarts. It's adorable. Oh, fun. But yeah. And I love this idea too, because obviously, like, it goes way beyond food. Mm-hmm, yeah. But I do realize, especially with the holidays coming up so soon, Mm -hmm. that part of what makes people feel so overwhelmed during the holidays is the cooking aspect.
2: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. You know,
0: of course, there's also, you know, the shopping and the budgeting and the spending and, Mm -hmm. you know, the people coming in and out and family time. Yep, But cooking is a huge part of what overwhelms people, feeling like they have big meals to make on top of cooking dinner and baking and the cookies. And, you know, a lot of people aren't primed Mm -hmm. (laughs) to cook this way on top of feeding their families night after night after night, which we have to continue to do on top of work and everything else. So the idea of just like cutting out some of that and saying, you know what, I'm going to just do that in
2: January or in February,
0: whatever it is. It's like such an, it's like great to, as Megan likes to say, sometimes just write that permission slip for yourself.
2: Oh, totally. Yeah, there's so much going on at the holidays. Yeah, totally. I, I agree. I mean, or make it like a, make it a funny family thing, like spaghetti for dinner, or for for Christmas dinner or something yes. like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you can, if you, like, it, it's amazing how if you spin things to your kids, it becomes this funny, like acceptable thing. You know, I'm, I'm not really advocating that necessarily, but just, you know, call it something. Give it, you know, a special name. Totally. Name, naming food is, is a strategy for me as well. Like we would make our kids healthy smoothies and we let them come up with goofy names. We had like a menu of smoothies, like what do you want this morning? A tropical sunrise or a tropical sunset or a chunky monkey or green machine, you know, super dorky names, but just made it like more fun. Yes.
1: So much of feeding kids is, like, the marketing of it. My sister yes. does, like, cheese on trees, which is just, like, broccoli and cheese. Yum. <laughs> um, we have, like, rainbow fried rice, or rainbow rice is what we call it. But it's, like, mm-hmm. basically fried rice with all the veggies in it. So, yeah, mm. we definitely do a lot of that in our house, too, like, renaming things yeah. to make it more fun. Yep. Before, we'll, like, of course, link to Super Make It and okay. the uh, Candy Out Crafts book, as well as your paper crafts book. But before we hop off, we have this, like, one – this is, like, a huge – it's, like, a tiny question, but maybe a huge answer that we get. I get asked all the time that our followers have asked on Instagram, like, number one thing, when we want to cook and craft with our kids, Mm. how do you deal with the
2: messes? Mm. And I
1: think it's a two-pronged, like, how do you deal with, like – the, per, the like mental, emotional preparation for yes. the messes, but also like, do you have any practical tips for setting mm. yourself up for success yeah. with messes?
2: Such a good question. And I can't say I have this figured out because I, I definitely don't, but I mean, I would say like the one kind of practical tip that probably everybody's already doing is, you know, using parchment on your baking sheets, even for, for baked projects, as well as even for like savory, you know, roasting vegetables and that kind of stuff. I love parchment is amazing for a cleanup. Another thing is like, if you're working on, like, for example, decorating a gingerbread house, like I give each kid a big cookie sheet to work on with their little bowls of, of decoration. So it's kind of stays contained when they're spilling stuff, you know, and if, if they're like spooning their fro, if the piping bag, if they're setting their piping bag down or whatever, it all is contained on the one baking sheet. I definitely a lot. I definitely incorporate a lot of trays into edible crafting. And if possible, each kid gets either a tray or a baking sheet, a rimmed baking sheet or something like that. And then in terms of the cleanup afterwards, I would say, I, you know, what, however old your kid is and whatever level of, you know, what they're able to help with, you know, do try to get them involved as early on as possible. So they know what goes into setting up and cleaning up a project like that. So in my kids are older, so they load and empty the dishwasher and I could have them wipe down the counter, but you know, it's not perfect. And of course I wind up doing most of it and then I breathe through it and think, well, we just have this lovely cooking experience together and it's okay. (laughs) That's some cleanup to do. So yeah, I don't have a magical answer. No, but I think that's okay.
1: Like sometimes it's so nice to hear, like, I would consider you an expert in your field, obviously. And like to hear that, like, even the experts don't really have it all figured out Mm, is sometimes relieving. But I also really love, and this hits home for me because my kids are younger, they're six and four, Mm -hmm. that like, I need to be asking them to help clean up from those big projects more like they have routine like chores and routines around family meals like taking their plates and helping to unload the dishwasher and wiping down the table but i when we do big cooking projects or craft projects i sort of like forget that they should be helping with that
2: yeah and you just sort of tailor it to their age like maybe they would think it's fun like you you know make it like an activity like who can find all the lids to the sprinkle jars (laughs) the matching lid you know who who can can, screw on all the caps
1: Yeah, you right. can.
2: <laughs> Maybe make it like a fun challenge. Even at the early age, it's may, sometimes help is not that helpful from the really yes. little ones. Yes. But that's okay because you're just priming them for later when their help will be so helpful. Like have now that I have older kids, or I, I'm always surprised. Like, whoa, that was really helpful, you know?
1: Yeah. And you've ingrained it. You probably ingrained it in them when you weren't really realizing that you were doing that.
2: <clears> yeah. I mean, I definitely could have done more. That's why I encourage everybody to, um, to start young if you can.
1: And I'll just add, I love the cookie sheets and we do that, that like the other thing that I love, especially if you're doing a like, cookie decorating, anything with sprinkles is like to dose out the sprinkles. For yes. the kids. like if you have a little, um, a small like bowls that you can put them in, absolutely, that'll like keep them from dumping a whole Oh yes, jar but, of sprinkles. Tr- because I I have been like let set out all the jars of sprinkles and yep. watched as like the sprinkles pour out of the jar with no lid yes. onto everything and onto the floor. <laughs> so dosing out I think helps with messes. That's,
2: I'm so glad you said that because I yes because those kind of nesting glass bowls are everything. You know those yes. that set of like me's bowls because having that many little bowls and the idea that they stack up for storage is great but yes that you could each kid gets their own serving because you're so right. The, I think little kids just feel like the more the merrier and they will yeah, just they dump do. as much. Same thing with <laughs> glitter in, in um, non-food crafting. Yes. Like as much glitter as you put out is how much glitter a child is going to use. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Same with sprinkles.
1: Yes. Jody, thank you so much for making some time
2: to chat with us. Oh it's was- so much fun. It was such a pleasure. It was great to chat with you guys.
1: Uh, I loved talking with Jodi. I feel super inspired to talk to experts because even though they're doing like lots of high level thinking, they have these really smart takeaways. Even for me who like I love to cook and craft with my kids, I did not think about like decorating the gingerbread houses separately and then assembling afterwards to make life easier for me. And for my kids. And you know what
0: I liked as someone who doesn't craft as much as my kids? <laughs> I love that she was saying how her lunchboxes yes. don't look as fantastic. Because it's we such should, a reminder that, yeah. like, we all have our thing. Like, and none of us are doing everything perfectly. And that, like, what we put forward and show is what we do and that none of us are, you know, getting A pluses across the board.
1: (laughs) It's so funny you say this because I get this little thing, which happens to me all the time where people are like, oh, you make these incredible cakes with your kids and you're always doing these cook thing, like cute cooking crafts on your Instagram. And I say, yeah, but I don't know how to braid my daughter's hair. Like I legit do not know how to do a braid. Like I can do a, a what single braid, but like a French braid or any of those like cool maiden braids. Nope, not doing it. Like I don't know how to do that basic stuff, beauty stuff, but I can bake a cake. So we all have our strengths and it's important that we play to them. Exactly. You know, I love it. So, but you are the crafter, so I am going to (laughs)
0: leave the kitchen crafter. So I am going to leave the try this at home to you this week, Megan, because I have a feeling you got something up your sleeves. I've got something. So before we wrap up every week, one of us shares a super quick practical takeaway that we
1: want you to try at home. So Megan, what do you have for us? Okay. I pinky promise that this is a 10-minute cooking project that uses ingredients that you already have in your kitchen, and that your kids are going to enjoy eating when it's done, and they can eat it right away. Because right, one of the problems with like doing a big cookie project or a gingerbread house or a cake project is like there's a lot of waiting, and when you're a little kid, you do not want to do that. I'm going to be honest. When I, as an adult, I'm not a very very good at waiting. <laughs> but here's I the idea. Ya. Buy a bag of chocolate chips or buy a couple candy bars. Maybe you already have those in your pantry. You're going to chop them up and melt them in the microwave. I have instructions for how to melt chocolate in the microwave on the kitchen.com, but essentially it's this. Chop up the chocolate or use chocolate chips. And microwave it using 30-second intervals, to, and in between those intervals, just give it a quick stir until it's almost melted. You don't want to take it all the way to melted, like a few um, chunks that are melted, is better than like taking it too far and burning the chocolate. But you're going to melt some chocolate and then you're going to rifle through your pantry and pull out graham crackers or pretzels or potato chips or your favorite cereal, anything that you can dip in the chocolate. And you are going to dip your finds in your chocolate onto a piece of parchment paper. Your kids can help with this or they can help put sprinkles on whatever you've dipped. You're going to pop the parchment on a baking sheet, stick that in your fridge for a few minutes, and then you have the most fun chocolate-dipped whatever, chocolate-dipped graham crackers, chocolate-dipped pretzels that your kids can have as a snack. And they're going to think you're a genius. You're going to feel like a parent hero, and you'll have gotten a treat and afternoon activity all in one without having to, like, have a bunch of cookies left in your house for forever.
0: I love that. I feel like that would even work with older kids. I mean, like, if Isaac had a bunch of his, you know, 11 and 12-year-old guy friends over for a sleepover, you know, order a bunch of pizzas, put out a bunch of, like, graham crackers or Oreos and strawberries, melt some chocolate for them, and throw it out on the counter with, you know, just let them dip and watch some, like, Paul Blart mall cop or some <laughs> other, like, horrible thing. And Which,
1: by the way, it's pretty funny.
0: Even though I called it horrible. I was like, that's such a stupid it's just movie. And then I got totally it. roped him. I was like, this is funny. Yeah. You've um, probably
1: seen it too many times. <laughs> that's the problem. They would totally love
0: it and have the best time.
1: So I do feel like it's, it's, it's in all ages. Like I've done this with my kids when they were younger than they are now. We've done it as they're older. And I just want to say if you want to take it to the next level, you can buy those like candy melts from the craft store and do different colors. You can use white chocolate and add a drop of food coloring to make it festive for whatever holidays you might be celebrating. But people get like really jazzed about this. Actually, we did it this summer and we had a bunch of like chocolate dipped graham crackers in our fridge and we had like our Sunday family night dinner where friends and family come over and we offered those with dessert with everything else, with like another like nice dessert. I think I made a cake and everyone gobbled up the chocolate dipped. Graham crackers, and they're like, This is so good. And no, like, people ate cake, but they weren't as excited about it as they were. And Ella, my daughter, just had so much pride where she was like, I made dessert and everyone loved it, but it took 10 minutes.
0: And you know what I've actually done that I've done as a classroom birthday treat because it's allergen friendly is that I've actually taken graham crackers. Like just with my palms, I've just smashed the like regular size marshmallows down. Yeah. And put them on top of the graham crackers and put it under the broiler. Right. Yes. Yes. And then as soon as it comes out, put another graham cracker on top and make a sandwich and then dip that whole thing.
1: Oh, and melted genius. chocolate or candy and that's melts. a little what Judy was saying she loves the s'mores and they she has there the monster go. s'mores recipe it's, which we'll share in the show notes that's like a chocolate covered
0: s'mores sandwich Genius. Like if you use, and then you can even use like dairy-free chocolate chips. It's yeah. totally allergen friendly. It's great for a classroom. It's like a s'mores treat. Also, how cute birthdays. would those
1: be as like a holiday gift? Put totally. them in a the little clear you could do holiday like, bag and yeah. with a twist tie.
0: Blue and white. If you use white. White chocolate candy melts and blue and white for Hanukkah, or you can use white candy melts and red and green for Christmas. Christmas. You can use Kwanzaa colors. You can use, yeah, it could be really cute. I know we really are running long a little bit, but I need to know the difference in like two seconds candy melts versus chocolate chips, because I'm always wondering, what's the difference, Megan? Yeah,
1: so candy melts are made from usually a combination of cocoa butter, like white chocolate is, and sweeteners and emulsifiers. So candy melts are closer to a white chocolate, which doesn't have any cocoa solids in it, than chocolate chips, which chocolate chips have rather than emulsifiers, stabilizers, which keep them in their cute little chip shape. Um, And they have cocoa solids instead of being without cocoa solids. So
0: like what's, why would I want to use candy melts versus chocolate chips? Like, does it matter?
1: Well, candy melts are like a really popular craft option because they're kind of like neutrally flavored. Uh, You can flavor them. Like we've done um, candy melts, like just plain white candy melts and you can add like a scoop of yogurt powder, which I—that sounds like very specific, but it's easily purchased on Amazon. And so you can make like yogurt drops with candy melts, Ooh. or you could add like peppermint extract <gasps> and some chopped up peppermint and make like peppermint pops using a pop mold or just like free form with a candy stick. So candy melts are just like kind of—they don't—they don't, they don't have any cocoa in them. They're, neutrally, they're neutral, so you can flavor them. Got it. And they also come in a variety of colors. So if you didn't want to mess with buying like some food coloring and some white chocolate, you could just buy like the blue candy melts and have the color that you want. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Cool. Thank All you guys right. like so much for listening. And now that you listen to us, we want to listen to you. Give us a shout. You can email us at hello, didn't I just feed you dot com. You can tell us what you want us to cover. You can ask us questions. You can give us feedback. We love hearing from you. You can also visit us on Instagram and Facebook. We are Didn't I Just Feed You in both of those places. And don't forget, we have a super secret Facebook group that you can find through our Didn't I Just Feed You Facebook page. It's called Didn't I Just Feed You Listeners. And you have to know the super secret password. You'll be asked a question, and the answer is whiskey. Of (laughs) course, most importantly, if you enjoyed listening to us, please, please, please tell your friends about Didn't I Just Feed You? And leave us stars the more, the happier we are. And of course, if you can take two seconds, <laughs> we would love for you to write up a review on iTunes. It really makes a big difference to new podcasts like ours and it helps people find us. And don't forget to subscribe with us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Thank you again. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen provided by Jim Ando. A huge... Thank you to our editor, Jeremy Enns, and the team at Counterweight Creative. This is Megan. And this is Stacy. Stay sane and well fed. Until next week.